Good morning. So in our worship series that we're doing this fall on the different parts of worship, um, we heard last week, we heard Kent talk about confession and assurance and how this practice restores and maintains our relationship with God. We heard about how acknowledging the times that we get it wrong and trusting that God is always there for us to give it another try we learned how this draws us closer to God's peace. I learned recently that the Hebrew word for the peace of God, shalom, is based on the root word shalem, which means total. Shalom, peace, is a totality. It's multidirectional. It's internal and external. It's given and it's received. If we think of the confession and assurance as focusing on our vertical relationship with the divine. We can think of passing the peace as part of the restoration and maintenance of our horizontal relationships with with each other as the body of Christ. And I, I love the body of Christ metaphor because it's so accurate. Paul and his students used it a lot, too. It shows up in many of the epistles that he sent or were sent by his students in his name. We each have different gifts and roles to play. As the author of this letter explains a little later on, some have the gifts to be apostles and prophets, some evangelists, others preachers or teachers, and so on. But we are all one body, We all serve one common purpose, building the kingdom of God, an ongoing, ceaseless endeavor. The letter to the Ephesians stresses the importance of both diversity and unity as we work on this endeavor. At the time this letter was written, the author is reaching out to both Jews and Gentiles ethno-religious groups that had for a long, long time been at odds with one another. And now, even as they joined together in a new Christian community, arguments abounded. You name an issue, circumcision, dietary restrictions, etc., they argued about it. And in fact, later in the letter, the author implores the community, I, therefore, prisoner in the Lord, because he was in prison, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. You can just imagine an exasperated babysitter using the same tone as they plead with their charges in the back seat, can't you two just try and get along? But the urging toward unity and peace, it wasn't with the goal of getting everyone to think alike. That wasn't the type of unity that we're looking for. Because as the body of Christ, not only do we respect each other's differences, but we recognize that we need them. Much as the eye needs the neck to turn the head and expand its field of vision, Or the foot needs both the eye and the inner ear to see where to step and to maintain balance as it does so. Or the hand to hold the cane. We all have different perspectives. We come from different traditions and ethnicities and cultures. 
We have unique life experiences and beliefs. We need to embrace and invite and explore our differences so that we can live into our full potential as the body of Christ. And while like the body, we may find points of connection at our edges and our corners, just as the tendons and the ligaments connect our bones and limbs at the joints, we are unified by the peace of Christ. It's like the circulatory system, nourishing and sustaining the body, flowing in and out and through every single part. It is the lifeblood of our community. The circulatory system, this lifeblood, requires constant, continual pumping. A continuous outreach to every part of the body, be it large or small, healthy or deceased or diseased. In fact, blood flow is often increased to those parts of the body most in need of healing, and so too it is with the body of Christ. Every week as we pass the peace, we maintain the pulse of this body. We send holy nourishment through even the tiniest capillaries to even the farthest limbs. Growing up, I actually thought that the passing of the peace was something that only Catholics did because my only experience of Protestantism was my low church home congregation and the only times I experienced passing the peace or any real sort of formulaic call and response liturgy was the times that I went to Mass with my Catholic friends. You know, the one or two times that my church did add passing the peace into the worship service it felt a little stilted, a little stiff. We didn't really know what to do. Awkwardly confined to my pew, reaching out only to the people that were within an arm's distance of me. Peace, peace. Whether or not I knew them, I was unable to squeeze out to greet the people that I was most closest to or who I wanted to talk to the most, the people I felt the most comfortable with. But over time... After serving as a seminarian at a Passing the Peace church and through my first few months here at United Parish, I've come to see the Passing of the Peace as a very important ritual and not as a moment of mid-worship congregational forced socialization. (laughs) When we think about the peace as a ritual for how to sustain the body of Christ, we see that through it we are practicing two aspects of Christian living. Firstly, at the micro level, at the interpersonal level, we are practicing and ritualizing how to be in relation to one another. Who here has ever parented a toddler or babysat a toddler? Do you remember prodding them with, what's the magic word, when they asked for something? Or, what do you say, when they received it? Anyone? Yeah. We teach toddlers to say please and thank you before they have the cognitive and social-emotional development to fully grasp the concept of gratitude, or manners for that matter. But in doing so, we provide them with the language and the habit for feeling and expressing these concepts once they are further along in their development. And through the peace of Christ and the love, though the peace of Christ and the love of God are beyond human understanding, we practice both the language and the habit for striving to live that peace and that love. 
Now, sometimes we don't feel any affection towards the person to whom we offer peace. And that's okay. We often think of love as an emotion or as an affection. But in many ways, love, especially Christian love, is an act of will. We're not necessarily called to feel warmly toward one another, but to act according to that calling, to offer love, to offer peace, to offer warmth. So we greet each other, friends and strangers alike, and offer them the peace of Christ and the love of God, something beyond our human understanding, but nevertheless something we ourselves are drawn in towards through confession and receive in the assurance and now are compelled to share. So the second thing that this ritual helps us learn and practice is on a macro level. It's how to be in community together, how to find and maintain a holy unity in a community where diversity in life and in practice is both honored and cherished. That's why it's so significant that this isn't a time of socialization, as awkward as that may feel, especially to the low church or chatty extroverts among us, It's important because when we socialize, we often, without realizing it, reinforce the standing social order. We socialize according to an unwritten and often unrealized social hierarchy. But as we are reminded in the letter to the Ephesians, that's not how Christ calls us to be in community. The author says, Christ is our peace. In his flesh he has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall that is the hostility between us. Hearing this, you may even recall the ancient baptismal formula, in Christ there is no Greek nor Jew, no male and female, no slave or free. Theologian Granville Porter Taylor puts it well when he says, As the body of Christ, we are called to be a new community based not on the divisions inherent in the existing social order, but on the new humanity in Christ. The social hierarchy has been replaced by the body of Christ. In this new order, all members are essential. All members are connected. All members are connected, and we offer the same peace to our dearest friend that we do to the stranger off the street. Growing up, I know I would have been more comfortable if we had made the passing of the peace a little more like coffee hour, but what could our community grow to become if we made our coffee hour, or even all of our social interactions, a little more like passing the peace? Now this, my sisters and brothers in Christ, my arms and legs and ears and eyes, this is how we build the kingdom of God. This is what we can do with the miraculous gifts that we've been given through Christ. San Francisco may lay claim to the summer of love, but we've got the peace of Christ. Pass it on. Amen.